The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org. Councilmember Waters. Member Waters did indicate that she wouldn't be present today. Clerk shall note. Councilmember Whitfield Calloway. Present. Madam Chair, you have a quorum. Thank you. Having a quorum present, we are now in session. Is there a motion on the minutes? There's a motion to approve the minutes. Hearing no objection, that action shall be taken. We are going to move into public comment. Do we have anyone present here for public comment? I see one hand. If you are joining us via Zoom, I'm not sure why I'm getting feedback now. Uh, if you are joining us via Zoom, please raise your hand if you'd like to make a public comment. They've already set the clock for two minutes. Good morning, Mr. Carmack. Good morning, Council. My name is Robert Carmack, and I was uh, uh, at uh, Full Council Tuesday, and they were talking about Revere Doc that was in this committee and so forth. Revere Dock was supposed to put $8 million in this property of a new seawall and clean up the environmental. There was a $20 million environmental uh, uh, contamination on this site. This is how this site ended up because he didn't put a seawall on here. They're trying to do a confidential agreement. Well, that shouldn't be allowed. You know, this is public dollars and so forth. We need to make sure that he did the seawall right. He fixed the seawall at one time and it fell back in. But the serious problem is there's outfalls on this property. Three outfalls that go through the center of the property. That's water rain off that goes into the river. From what I've been told that he did not put these outfalls back. It would cost $2.7 million to line these seawalls and put these outfalls. That's why the water is backing up in people's houses. These outfalls are probably closed. He didn't put these back. You need to get him to give you all the documentation, Revere Doc, to show what he did on this property, to show and make sure that he did these outfalls, put the lining in it, and so forth. Lakeshore Engineering did these linings on this outfall. It cost $2.7 million just put the lining in the outfalls. These outfalls run from Jefferson all the way to the river. We need to know what is in there. This gentleman was supposed to redevelop this property, create jobs for Detroit. He has not done that. It was a uh, grab, uh, land grab. That's what it was. That's where the new bridge is going. And can you get some documentation? Look at it. And David Fink, who is the mayor's personal attorney, who is uh, representing the city of Detroit and asking for 4 or $5 million, why don't you get an itemized list of all his hours and so forth and see Thank what you. he's charging? Thank you so much for that. Um, as you know, the uh, item that was on the agenda yesterday for Revere Doc was postponed for one week. So yep. we'll make sure we look into the information that you've just shared with us. Thank you. No problem. Thank you. Uh, Madam Chair. Member Calloway. Mr. Carmack. Mr. Carmack. Did you provide copies of what you have in your hand to us? I can. Yes. Um, if someone from my office can make copies, I'll make sure that um, 
my colleagues get copies. And thank you. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you. Uh, good morning, Mr. Grady or Mr. Perkins. I'm not sure who's online with us. How many callers do we have via Zoom? Good morning, Madam Chair and Honorable Council Member. We have five hands raised for virtual public comment. Thank you. We are going to now cut off public comment. Can we go to the first caller? Yes, our first caller is Tahira Ahmad. Good morning, Tahira Ahmad. You have two minutes. Good morning. Can you hear us? Hello. Good morning. We can hear you now. Yes, good morning. I'm sorry I was driving. Uh, uh, thank you so very much for taking my comment. Um, I want to I wanna congratulate everyone for all your hard work, and I know you guys are working hard. Uh, the mayor has the ability to, to start a program to pay us back the $600 million he owes us. All he has to do is start a program. Now, I saw uh, the comment that the first lady made uh, that talked about how her great-grandson has been trying to get a job uh, and they, no one ever called her back. Well, that's my situation. Uh, Rencher and, and Jameson never called me back about housing uh, repairs. Never. They never called me. I, I was at several public uh, charter meetings telling them about the problems in my home, the repairs that I needed. But they they took my number and when I called them back on their cards, they never answered my call. They, I, I called them, I left messages and they never called me. Just like that lady said, I want you guys, please, I want you to do a, uh, a, a hearing Find out what's going on. Somebody's been taking our grant money. They're not giving us repairs. They've been taking that money and making us all think somebody's getting repairs. I don't know anybody in my neighborhood, family, friends, nobody who's gotten repairs. I'm driving up and down the streets of Detroit. I don't see nobody getting repairs. They've been stealing our money. And this, I'm asking you, council, find out who's getting our money. And where it's been going, we got a billion dollars. They're happy as a lark. Uh, finally, Mike Duggan finally got a nice suit. He's been wearing them J.C. Penney suits. He's got all that money. He's stealing our money. Please find out. Thank you, Member Calloway. Yes, thank you, um, Madam Chair. Thank you, Ms. Um, Ahmad, for your calls. Um, I was at your home, I think it was last fall. I did um, submit those pictures that I took um, of the interior of your home to uh, Mr. Rencher and to the mayor. And I'm just finding out from you today that no one has contacted you. So someone from my office will be in touch with you today. And we're going to try to make sure you get some of the repairs that I know for a fact your house is in need of. Thank you, Ms. Ahmad. And thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you. The next caller. Yes, Madam Chair. Our next caller is Cunningham. Good morning, Cunningham. You have two minutes. 
Honorable Chairwoman, I have two people that wanted to speak, and uh, we had a problem with Zoom. Is there any way possible they can piggyback off mine, please? Sure, that's fine. Always, always a blessing. Appreciate you. Um, yeah. Hotline number 313-444-9114. Again, 313-444-9114. One more time, 313-444-9114. Also on Facebook, Force Subservience Cunningham. It's anonymous to look at anything on there. Thank you for the birthday wishes, everybody. Um, I'm asking for a particular prayer for my mom, who's always have joy and always um, positive and quotes the scriptures and uh, faith, uh, fear and woman, but her legs are not working. And she keeps talking about, I'm going home. I'm going to go home. and somebody going to help me there? And um, she asked me, I'm pretty straightforward. And I said, no, you probably won't be leaving out of here, you know, unless I hit the lottery or or whatever. So just keep her in prayer. She's she's uh she's been cooped up before the pandemic. She's been locked basically in a building for two years. And uh, that'll make anybody start crazy. So when you pray, Cheryl Marie Lyons is her name. Cheryl Marie Lyons, disabled registered nurse, mother of four, and no child support, strong woman. Um, so um, I'm giving out hand warmers and foot warmers and uh, bus tickets uh, for the, you know, people at the bus stops that have waited too long, the bus is a little late. Um, I'm asking you uh, to ride the coaches. You, under the sound of my voice, ride the coaches after 6 p.m. and on the weekends. Keywords after 6 p.m. daily and on the weekends. And talk to everyone around you. Anybody can do this. Um, I, I take paratransit, I have herniated discs, and I walk with a cane chair. It really hurts to take fixed route buses but I, I rode the buses for eight years straight. So um, thank you so much. And the first young lady, so tell, them your, tell them your name. Hello, my name is Jenna. Good morning, um, Jenna. Good morning. Say whatever you want to say. Um, the buses I, in Detroit are um, sometimes not quick enough. I thought it was, you know, every 15 ones coming, but a couple of them seem to take too long. Um, I believe that we should have um, war warming stations for the buses, and we need to have them cleaned more often. Um, there should be more rest areas at these bus stations. Any, anywhere to sit for, for, as a matter of fact, for an elderly person such as Cunningham's mother or someone else's mother. Uh, no mother. My mother, right. <laughs> um, so we just, well, we had 10, <laughs> one more minute. Um, oh, ah, I don't know what else to say. Oh, you don't? No, I do. I have a lot to say, actually. Um, <clears throat> we could use... Uh, more safety patrol at uh, the bus stops. For instance, I have a friend who we should pray for who um, was at a bus station. Yeah, some of the major stops. Yep, more green lights at more of the bus stops. There you go. A friend of mine, let's put her in our prayer. Uh, T, we'll call her. Um, she just got hurt physically hurt coming from her job at a bus station waiting for the bus uh 
no one even knew who the person was, and she had nothing to do. The police went over around, and yep. Thank you very much. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a woman. Um. Yeah. My name is Richard. Richard Martin. And I've lived in this city my whole life. I'm 62 years old. I've seen a lot of good things, and I've seen some real stuff that's been kind of messed up. But right now, I'm riding in buses. You know, and I like to feel a little bit more, you know, safer on them. I like to be able to have them more well lit, some place to sit down. And I mean, I know everybody trying to do the best they can, but y'all can do a little bit more. I've been here like 62 years. I've lived in my whole life. I've raised two kids here, worked. I just don't know what I'm gonna do right now. I, don't, I, I can't drive, I'm disabled. But I got to catch that bus. I got to get out there and go to the doctor and see my grandbabies and all this, you know. And I want them to ride the bus too, cause I met they I met their grandmother on the bus. <laughs> I did. Yeah, but you know, is it what can I do to help? What what is there somebody else I should talk to? By you speaking is a big help. Yeah, thank you, Mr. Cunningham. But Jenna is, you know, like my common-law wife. And she ain't used to riding the bus, though, but I've been, she all right. <laughs> but yeah, I like, I like to feel safe. I'm 62 years old, man. I look old. And sometimes, you know, I instead of people looking at me like I'm a man, they look at me like I'm prey or something. <laughs> but anyway, do the best you can, please. Try to pick things up just a little bit. Thank you. Thank you all so much. We appreciate you calling in and, and for the suggestions because we know that you are the ones utilizing the service and you can tell us best what needs to be improved based on your experiences. So thank you, Mr. Cunningham, for um, including them in your call and we will certainly keep you and your mother um, as well as Jenna's friend in our prayers. You all be safe out there. The next caller. Yes, Madam Chair, the next caller is Overwith. Good morning, Mr. Overwith. You have two minutes. Good morning, Mr. Overwith. Over with has been asked to unmute. Okay, let's come back to him. No, you don't have to come back to me. I apologize for that. I was uh, doing something. Um, go ahead and start the clock. And I want to first caution um, you three ladies uh, on the three-fifth committee. That's what I call y'all because y'all represent three-fifths of the votes necessary to pass anything through council. But now I want to caution you ladies about accepting advice from LPD. I recently went through, meticulously went through a report proffered up to the uh, city council by David Whitaker. In that report, 
it's a questionable um there's a lot of question questionable things but i want to bring attention to the um how the, the formula used to assess the total debt limit of the city of detroit the detroit according to the assessment has a, a state assessed equivalent value in excess of $17 billion, according to a calculation from back in 2018, that same formula is being applied now. It uses a fraction of the millage. I call it fractional fraud. That, those are my words. Fractional fraud perpetrated by the CFO of the city of Detroit upon um, LPD, and LPD is passing information to council and y'all accepting it as gospel and it's not. They use a fraction of the millage to determine the state assessed equivalent. I wondered how we could have the city of Detroit could have a state assessed equivalent greater than the state equalized value of all the real and personal property in Detroit. Now I know how they do it now. They use a fraction of the millage in an equation that calls for the whole millage and that's the determination. Now, the other day I brought that issue up and the mayor of the city of Detroit said something about me being in court and the court case dismissed. He's lying. He's perpetrating the fraud and misinforming the public. Thank you. The next caller. The next caller is D2 victimized Detroit retiree. Good morning, D2 victimized Detroit retiree. You have two minutes. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Doing well. Thank you. How are you? I'm well. Thank you for asking. Um, I have a couple of things today. Um, one thing I'd like to speak on is um, I'd like to uh, piggyback on Mr. Um, oh, gosh. Uh, Carmax um, comment as it relates to the um, river and to the dock and to the flooding. Um, we, there's numerous reasons why we continue to flood, and um, one of them is the lack of a backup system uh, for the water um, facilities. So that's the last chance to avoid flooding. If one power source fails, you have a totally separate power source, a totally separate power company, which would mean we should have never allowed uh, the public lighting department uh, infrastructure to uh, be meshed into DTE's system. So we're going to have to change that. It's against the charter. It's against state laws, and, and it should be um, corrected. Another thing is the workforce development and HR. Now, in my mind, that's the same thing, and nobody's getting anything done. Another situation where we got everybody doing nothing and nothing's getting done. So I don't know why we have all this workforce development separate from HR, and then we don't have any city employees. That doesn't make any sense to me, uh, because there is a, a mandate um, that we achieve a redundancy in uh, government, which would mean that we're going to try to reduce, not expand these um, these tasks. So that report should be coming up. There should be a report annually that comes up in April that talks about uh, how, what we reduced and how we uh, achieved any more efficiency. We being administration, any more uh, any uh, efficiency in our endeavors. 
Other thing is the risk management council. We're going to have to find out what that fund balance is uh, because these um, lawsuits that we're paying should be coming from those funds. Thank you. Thank you. The next caller. Yes, the next caller is Jim Dwight. Good morning, Jim Dwight. You have two minutes. Can you hear me? Yes. Hello. Oh, good. Um, good morning, council members. I want to start off by saying that Black History Month is a very important month. And I encourage anybody listening today to read the 1619 Project, Cast and the Color of Law. It will change your life. And I know that the, the council does not, um, uh, the, the council only votes on money that the mayor gives. And the right to council, the mayor needs to fully fund the right to council. And I'll tell you why. There's a, this morning, I just got off the phone with a woman who is, it's a complicated story. She's living in a house that was sold under her. She didn't know it. And the people who bought the house are trying to evict her. She needs some, she needs to be fully represented by an attorney. And we need to get this, uh, uh, this, this right to counsel fully funded. And today, I know that you're, work, you're going to vote on the money for the United Community Housing Coalition, uh, 6004918. And I encourage you to vote for that. It's a start. It's a good start. Um, and as a uh, housing justice warrior for in Detroit for 10 years, I've worked with them, and it's a it's a, a outstanding uh, uh, nonprofit. And uh, Ted Phillips and Marilyn do an excellent job. So please, well, I know that you there's a lot of talk behind the scenes about funding right to council. And I know the mayor for some reason does not want to do this. I don't understand why, because it affects, you know, tens of thousands of De Detroiters who are hurting and in need. So please um, uh, vote for the funding for United Community Housing Coalition and have a, have a good uh, Black History Month. Thank you very much. Thank you. The next caller. Madam Chair, that was the last caller prior to cutting off public comment. Okay, thank you. Uh, public comment is now closed. Public comment is now closed. We are going to move into the interviews that we have scheduled. We have four interviews. Do we have Mr. Marlo Sean Franklin on the line? Mr. Franklin is online and has been promoted to panelist. Thank you. Good morning, Mr. Franklin. If you can hear me, if you would please turn your camera on if you'd like. Um, there you are. Good morning. Can you please unmute yourself and introduce yourself for the record? Good morning, Marlo John Franklin, Sr. Good morning. Mr. Franklin, so glad to have you join us. Mr. Franklin is being considered for the Detroit Brownfield Redevelopment Authority's CAC, the Community Advisory Council Board. So, Mr. Franklin, can you tell us about yourself? Tell us about your background and what brought you to uh, this particular board and, and your interests. Okay. Um, name is Marlo Sean Franklin. I am a life uh, 
been living in the city of Detroit for 51 years, and I'm currently the political director for SEIU Local 1. Also have worked in the mayor's office, uh, also worked uh, under the leadership of Benny Napoleon at the sheriff's department, and also uh, under the leadership of Warren Evans for the Wayne County uh, uh, Executive Office. Um, I am a member here in, uh, I'm a member here in District 4. Uh, I have the passion uh, to do uh, the work that I do on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, activist, uh, community organizer, just been intuitive into the work that I've been doing for the past 20 years. Uh, father of two, I just had my first grandson, Marlo Sean Franklin III, December 23rd. Uh, very proud of that. Uh, um, but I, 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 I have the passion to do the work, and I think that from my background and the things that I've done over these 20 years, uh, I think that I'll be a great asset to this particular board that I'm seeking. Awesome. Thank you, and congratulations on your grandson. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, can you talk about your experience with development projects or development in the city of Detroit in general? You mentioned that you worked for uh, the mayor. Uh, you didn't indicate which administration, but can you talk about uh, your background yeah. um, as it relates to development in Detroit? Okay. Uh, I worked under uh, Mayor Kwame Kilpatrick uh, from 2004 to 2009, eight. Um, but I was also the mayor's office liaison to planning and development, uh, and also was the liaison from economic development working under uh, Warren Evans, too. Um, the background of economic development for me is just pretty much connecting the dots as being the liaison and neighborhood city hall manager at that time, too, to getting demolished, dem getting homes demolished in the neighborhoods. Uh, being the advocate for the for the for the citizens of the city of Detroit, uh, major projects was something that I, I I did not get into because that was not my purview uh, during that. But any community based uh, uh, work that was within the district on the east side, I actually worked out of Butzel Family Center during that time, too as well. But anything that came from getting homes demolished, getting sidewalks done, curbs, trees down, that was pretty much my job. Uh, during my tenure there with the city. Thank you. Um, and can you talk a little bit about community engagement? I know the the work that you do on the ground with SEIU um, and with a number of residents in the city of Detroit and advocating for them. So can you talk about engagement? Yeah, the, the engagement piece for us at Local One, for example, uh, 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 you know, is, is about our members, right? It's about getting fair, fair pay for the work that you do. Uh, we started the Fight for 15 campaign over tw 10 years ago when folks didn't even think that it was popular. And look where we're at right now because of the organizing that happened across the country, not only just the city of Detroit and the state of Michigan, but happened around the country uh, to get this to where it's at right now. We have organized some of the greatest camp, one of probably historic campaigns right now. Uh, with our master janitorial campaign that just was done uh, last year. So organizing and being the activists in the community and starting block clubs and managing block clubs and, and things of that nature is just something that I've done over my career.
Uh, but that advocacy uh, for the voiceless is what keeps me going and keeps me moving uh, every morning that I get up. Excellent. And um, I, I certainly do think that's extremely important for this particular board. There are uh, some significant development projects that are happening in the city of Detroit, and we want to make sure that the community's voice is represented there. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much. Uh, Member Callaway, any questions or concerns? No. Um, Member Chair, you asked a lot of the questions that I would have asked, but I just wanted to say good morning, Mr. Franklin. It's a delight to see you this morning. Congratulations on your, um, your grandson. I appreciate that. Thank you, uh, Member Callaway. Absolutely, sir. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you. All right. Well, we are not going to hold you any longer. If there's anything you'd like to leave us with, please do. Otherwise, we will um, look forward to uh, the vote, the full vote on Tuesday and mm -hmm. connecting back with you. And I appreciate you guys' time. I know everyone's time is valuable, uh, but I appreciate the opportunity to be able to serve the citizens over here in this district. Uh, I look forward to the vote uh, come next week, and I appreciate you guys' time too you know, as well. Madam Chair, Madam Chair, may I? Member Callaway? Mr. Um, Franklin, which district do you live in? I stay over here in, on the east side. I stay in uh, Council Member Johnson's uh, district. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you. All right, Mr. Franklin, thank you so much for joining us this morning. We appreciate your time. We appreciate all you do in the community and look forward to um, making progress and, and continuing to uh, work with you to build the city of Detroit. I, I deeply appreciate that and look forward to working with you guys, too. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Member Calloway, there, so last week we had an interview for the Detroit Brownfield Redevelopment Authority CAC's board, um, and I believe we uh, were going to put all of the names um, forward at once. And so is there a motion to ask LPD to draft a resolution um, to send to formal with a recommendation to approve of, no, is there a motion to draft a resolution for uh, the full body with all of the individuals who have um, been interviewed for the Detroit Brownfield Redeve Redevelopment Authority CAC board? Dr. Powers. I, I just was here in case you needed some help with the wording of the motion. And as long as you have all of the names now, they can move forward to formal. Thank you. So we can we can provide the names to you. So it's Marla Shine Franklin. It's the individual that we interviewed last week. George Etheridge. George Etheridge. Mm -hmm. And it is the gentleman that we interviewed, um, Luke Paulson. Yes. Mm -hmm. No, that's not his last name. What's Luke's last, last name? name. The gentleman who's currently on the board. But we'll make sure we get all of the names to LPD. Okay. So move, Madam Chair. Thank you. Hearing no objection, that action shall be taken. We are going to move on to the next interview.
with Camille Collins. Do we have Camille Collins here? Yes, Madam Chair, Camille Collins is here and they've been promoted to panelists. Thank you, good morning. Yes. Can you hear me? We can hear you, we can't see you. If you'd rather not have your camera turned on, that's fine. Um, but if you will, please introduce yourself for the record. Hello, um, I, I can turn my camera on, it's fine. Let me change my settings. Is everything working correctly? Yes, we can see you. Excellent. Good morning, everyone. My name is Camille Collins. I um, am, well, I'm hand trained right now. Actually, I have a meeting right after this. Um, I just started with a position at Detroit Regional Chamber. And I'm really excited to be here today. How is everyone this morning? Excellent. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. We won't keep you long. Uh, Ms. Collins is here as a candidate for the Detroit Re Reparations Task Force. So if you will introduce yourself for the record and tell us about your background. Sure. Again, my name is Camille Collins. Um, I worked with Wayne State University at Veterans Upper Bound as well as TRIO Upper Bound, um, assisting the student population at Veterans Upper Bound with computer literacy and with TRIO Upper Bound with the younger students. Um, as their database specialist, I basically made sure that all of the information that was reported to our annual report was correct um, and was sent off to the Department of Education for purposes of keeping track of our participants, um, data and statistics collection, and um, assisting in our grant. Um, now I'm working with the Detroit Regional Chamber as our community engagement coordinator. And um, I'm just, I'm excited to be here. Excellent, thank you. So talk about your interest in the Detroit Reparations Task Force. Um, I have a significant interest in it. Um, I think that it would be extremely beneficial to our community. Um, and it's a long time coming. Is there anything in particular that you'd like to see happen or how would you, I don't want to ask how you would suggest um, repairing uh, Detroiters, but is there anything maybe that transpired in your background, um, family history that encouraged you to apply for the position? Um, I wouldn't say anything personally from my family background. Um, my family has been very fortunate to um, see the value in generational success. And what I mean by that is um, my family has been in the same home for almost 100 years. It'll be 100 years in about 10 years. My great grandmother bought that house um, during the Great Depression, and it was passed on to my grandfather and so on. Um, so not maybe in my specific family, however, in our community as a whole, um, very much so greatly affected by the damage caused by the um, transatlantic slave trade. And as far as the community is concerned, um, the repair and damage is significant. Um, 
I think that every way that we were affected should be repaired. So education is my key focus. Um, that's why I'm in the field that I'm in. Um, but there are other things like healthcare because we were experimented on. There are other repairs within our community. Um, I would say as like childcare because our children were taken away from us. Um, there, there are just so many things. So, so it, it's so vast, <laughs> it's so vast. Um, it's really hard to write down every single thing, but I think the main and key focus for me would be education, healthcare, childcare, housing, because those are areas that we were most affected in, Thank in you. my opinion. Thank you for that. Member mm -hmm. Calloway, any questions? Yeah, just a couple. Thank you, Madam Chair. Good morning, Ms. Collins. Good morning. Um, what district um, do you live in? District six. No, I'm sorry, district three. <laughs> um, what is your vision for the reparations task force? So I have long and short term goals. Um, long-term goals is that we can actually bring it um, at a federal level so that it wouldn't just um, be something that affect Native Detroiters, but also can be used as, I guess, a catalyst or a blueprint for other cities to take this initiative and implement it in their own way. Maybe not the exact same things, um, but in ways that are very important to them, you know, give them a blueprint on how it's done, how it can become successful and um, really impact positively the community. Thank you, Ms. Collins. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you. All right. I have no additional questions for Ms. Collins. Uh, if you'd like to leave us with anything, uh, feel free to do so. Otherwise, we will follow back up. Our plan and our goal is to interview everyone um, this month, and I believe we're about halfway there. Uh, and then we will um, move forward to the full committee of the whole, all of the names, all of the candidates that have been uh, interviewed via this committee. Excellent. Um, I just want to say that it was an honor meeting you all and um, for your consideration. Um, even if I'm not chosen to be a part of the task force, any way that I can help within my community, excuse me, <laughs> any way that I can help within my community, um, any other like um, support services that might need helping with, I am very much so willing to do that as well. Excellent. We appreciate the offer, and I'm sure uh, Member Benson will take you up on it. <laughs> Thank you so much. You. Enjoy the rest of your day, and we will certainly connect back with you within the coming weeks. Okay. Thank you. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you. We are going to move to our next interview with Robert Roberts. Mr. Roberts is a candidate for the Board of Zoning Appeals for District 6. Yes, Mr. Roberts has been promoted to panelist. 
Thank you. Good morning, Mr. Roberts. Will you please introduce yourself for the record? Uh, thank you, Madam Chair. Yeah, uh, Bob Roberts, uh, resident of uh, District 6, living at uh, 1640 Church Street. Well, good morning and thank you. Um, can you share with us information about your background that may lead to um, being supportive on the Board of Zoning Appeals? Uh, absolutely. Uh, first, I haven't been a, a longtime resident of Detroit. I, I moved here in uh, 2012 and uh, opened a business at the corner of Michigan and Trumbull uh, McShane's Irish Pub uh, and uh, have been welcomed with open arms by uh, by the residents and, and folks from the city of Detroit. So I guess I've never uh, said thank you to the city, uh, you know, before for uh, you know, for allowing uh, me to, to in, you know, to have and enjoy a, you know, a good life here in the city, but I, I certainly do appreciate it. I started to, you know, I was, I was mentored by a, a business person out in the Ypsilanti area who told me uh, right away that it was important as soon as you could uh, start to give back to the community that you, uh, that you live in and work in that you should and that you should always be a good corporate uh, corporate citizen or corporate neighbor. And so I uh, joined the uh, Corktown Business Association pretty much immediately, uh, you know, as soon as we, we, we opened our doors. Um, I was quickly welcomed by two people, and that was the, the president at the time, Ron Cooley, and uh, our neighborhood uh, association uh, uh, person was Deborah Walker, uh, who unfortunately has passed, and and that's who I'm hoping to uh, uh, to replace uh, on the, on the board. And so I got involved quickly with the business association. I I've been a member since 2012, and have been uh, vice president and currently the president since uh, 2020. Um, so being a, a president of a, a business community organization like the business association. Uh, we very much are the uh, are the liaison between uh, not just the businesses, but mostly the businesses uh, here in Corktown, but also uh, the residents and any concerns that they have. Uh, you know, when it comes to uh, development and the relationship between uh, between City Hall and, and and the business community. So we work uh, very closely with our district manager and our uh, district business liaison. Um, unfortunately, we don't have one right this second, but hopefully we'll, we'll have one soon. Um, as well as, uh, you know, as our council member, uh, just being uh, advocates for uh, the entire business community. So I probably, I don't know, between uh, uh, testifying in person and, and, and writing letters to the uh, Zoning Board of Appeals, I would say that I've either testified or written letters either in support or or uh, you know, against particular issues, uh, I, I don't know. I would say maybe 40 times or so. Um, the Corktown Neighborhood Association uh, is actually a, b believe it or not, is actually a, a, a newer organization in in Corktown. Uh, we uh, formed uh, three block clubs uh, uh, a few years ago. Uh, I think we started maybe in 2019. 
Um, and I am a founding member of the Central Black Club and also a uh, founding member of the Corktown Neighborhood Association. I also uh, uh, assist the city on the traditional Main Street uh, overlay um, our review committee uh, with, uh, oh gosh, the other members are like Kevin Schrantz and uh, David Esparza and uh, uh, Ms. Sharpley, uh, where we review uh, um, review items that are, are being questioned as to whether or not they uh, meet the uh, traditional Main Street overlay. And then also, uh, I, I served as a member of the um, Michigan and uh, Church Street NAC uh, as the uh, as the uh, developer for uh, for the Godfrey Hotel and, and parental uh, properties went through the uh, community benefits uh, ordinance. Awesome. Uh, so it sounds like you have a, a great idea of what the Board of Zoning Appeals entails. Um, I am I am wondering, I, I know how active and busy McShane's is. I'm wondering if you have the time to commit to this position. So BZA um, meets on Tuesdays, I'm aware. I'm not, how, not sure how often, uh, how many Tuesdays in a month they meet, but um, do you... You feel as though you'll be able to make the time commitment. Well, yeah, thank you, Madam Chair, and and and, and uh, obviously you must know somebody else that's in the restaurant business because it's a labor of love, and we work uh, we work very hard. Um, so the when, when I was uh, asked by uh, uh, Council Member uh, Gabriela Santiago Romero, uh, the first the, the first two uh, things I said is I said, well, first off. Uh, Tuesdays is a little bit of a problem, so I'm going to have to go to the to the business association and 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 see if we can change our schedule because we also meet on Tuesdays. Uh, that was actually uh, solved by the uh, by the BZA because they've now changed their schedule to Mondays, uh, which I just learned uh, yesterday or Monday rather. Uh, so so that's been solved for me. And then the other thing I I needed to do is I you know we we. I do have two other uh, restaurants in uh, Ypsilanti and Belleville, and I have two partners, uh, equal business partners in all three locations. Uh, so I certainly had to go to, uh, you know, to them and ask for their blessing because it will take me, uh, you know, uh, out of the restaurant one day a week. Uh, but most importantly, I, I talked with my management team and uh, just so you know, for the record, we, uh, are proud to employ uh, 29 Detroit residents at McShane's Irish Pub. Uh, but anyway, I went to uh, my management team and, and spoke with them and I have their full support as well. Uh, so yes, uh, to answer your question, I am uh, fully prepared. And I had some conversations with, uh, uh, with, a, with, with a past member just to kind of get an idea of exactly uh, how much time I, you know, th that it would require. Okay, excellent. And I am a, a former member of the Board of Zoning Appeals as well, so I I recall how often we met, in, but that was in 2015 and when medical marijuana was first entering the scene on in Detroit. Uh, and so 
Well, we certainly do appreciate your consideration. I do believe that because you have a business in the city of Detroit and have, having gone through uh, zoning and the process to open a business, um, you, you may be privy to more information than uh, most people because a lot of times when, especially now that we are council by district, um, residents throughout the community feel a little uneasy about the Board of Zoning Appeals and understanding zoning. Um, but we really want to make sure that uh, there's, there's a fair amount of community engagement that goes into decisions and making sure that the businesses or um, whatever is coming before you is working harmoniously within the community and all of those great things. So, um, wonderful. Well, I have no additional questions or comments. M Member Calloway? No. Um, thank you, Madam Chair, and thank you for your willingness to serve on this board. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you so much, Mr. Roberts. We appreciate your time. Um, and we hope you have a great day. If there's anything you'd like to share with us, please do. Uh, no, I would just like to thank you for, uh, Madam Chair, for your time as well. And, you know, the, the council member uh, asked me to serve. And I think that whenever you're asked to serve, if you have the capacity, you should. Awesome. And we certainly do appreciate it. And look forward to... Uh, you joining the, the Board of Zoning Appeals, I believe you will complete the board. Um, so I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Member Calloway, is there a motion to uh, request that LPD draft a resolution to appoint Mr. Robert Roberts to the Board of Zoning Appeals representing District 6? Motion. Hearing no objection that action shall be taken. We are now going to move into our final interview with Maurice Weeks. Maurice Weeks That's is a candidate. I'm sorry. Yes. Oh, no, sorry. I was just saying Maurice Weeks has been um, promoted to panelist and he's <laughs> on screen. Thank you. Um, Good morning, Mr. Weeks. Mr. Weeks is being considered as the District 6 candidate for the Reparations Task Force. Mr. Weeks, if you can please introduce yourself for the record. Sure. Um, hi, everyone. Uh, Maurice Weeks. Uh, I am uh, a, very excited to be here with you all. Um, very honored to have been nominated by uh, Councilmember Santiago Romero. Um, and yeah, looking forward to this conversation. Excellent. So um, how about you share with us uh, your background, share with us experiences, what brought you to uh, even applying for the reparations task force? Sure. Um, my background is primarily in community organizing. Um, I've been involved in lots of community organizing campaigns uh, from things that strive for state revenue to education outcomes to public safety. Um, really, my community organizing work in housing is probably what is most central to my interest in uh, in reparations. So, launched my organizing career in the middle of the last foreclosure crisis, um, and that caused me to learn a lot more about uh, the housing situation that exists and has existed in lots of black cities like Detroit. And I can draw a direct line between things like redlining and racial covenants to. Uh, current wealth and income inequality that we see. So 
um, you know, throughout all of my work there um, and, and all the, the successes that we had helping folks fight for better housing, there's always this undercurrent uh, that in order to really structurally change things, a reparatory approach would have to be taken to, you know, look back and make amends um, so that we can we can move forward. So um, in addition to my community organizing experience, I also uh, founded a nonprofit that I was the executive director of for six years called the Action Center on Race and the Economy, where focused a lot on uh, similar issues. Um, and then I also have a graduate degree in economics from University of Detroit, Mercy. Well, thank you. That was um, that was a lot in a short amount of time. Uh, <laughs> but you know what? I appreciate you sharing all of that because there are several, I believe, 12 dis disciplines um, that have been provided that um, we should consider as we look at the makeup of the reparations task force and you just checked several of them so uh, <laughs> certainly do appreciate your background uh, and look forward to uh, you know what's what's to come uh, I will turn it over to member Callaway and see if she has any questions or comments for you thank you madam chair and good morning mr. weeks I don't have any other questions and I'm looking forward to you serving on the task force thank you sir Thank you, Councilmember. Uh, I just want to share that Mr. Weeks is one of two candidates, I believe, that is um, being considered for District 6. So um, I'm, I'm glad to see another economist, though, that is being brought forward. Uh, uh, we had a, an economist from District 4 as well. So I think we will have a great, robust um, group of people that can have dynamic conversations around reparations in the city of Detroit. And I'm just elated and looking forward to the outcome and all of the hard work that you all do. So uh, if there is nothing else you'd like to leave us with, we still have some additional interviews that will take place over the next couple of weeks. Uh, and then we will move this conversation to the full body for us to make a determination on who will actually be identified for the reparations task force. Um, Anything else you'd like to share with us? Um, uh, again, just really ap appreciate this. I think, um, uh, yeah, I, I, I jammed in lots of my ex experience there. Um, I, I would be really interested in, in, in serving on this board and bringing some both uh, of my economics background and community organizing experience, especially on this type of committee where I think that public engagement um, in these issues is is really, really important. I, I think my, my biggest fear with this committee would be compiling a report or a set of solutions that, you know, is absolutely perfect for a really qualified and great set of, of folks um, and then falls flat on the on the rest of Detroiters. So while it's only a 13 person committee, I'm, I'm, I'm really hopeful that um, uh, the selection that uh, you, know, you council members make will be um, uh, something that can speak to the needs and desires of all 600,000 plus uh, Detroiters. So, um, yeah, I appreciate your time and, and uh, I'm very happy to be, be considered. Awesome. Thank you. And I'm hopeful that the community organizers that are going to be on this task force will do a tremendous amount of outreach to make sure that the voice of all of our residents are heard and, and uplifted uh, in the outcome of uh, the task force. So thank you again, and uh, we will certainly be in touch with you in the next few weeks. Thank you. All right, so we are going to move forward 
to our agenda and unfinished business. We first have line item 9.1, status of the Office of Contracting and Procurement submitting resolution authorization contract number 6003874, 100% city funding amendment number one to provide an extension of time and an increase of funds for legal counsel on immigration employee sponsorships for the city of Detroit. Is there a motion to discuss? Motion. Thank you. We had requested someone from HR. Uh, excellent. Uh, can you please unmute your microphone by touching the bottom of it until it turns green? If you can introduce yourself for the record. Madam Chair, this is Daryl Conrad. I'm the Chief Recruitment Officer for the City of Detroit. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, can you tell us what we have before us today? Yes, uh, before you, you have a resolution to increase uh, uh, a contract through uh, Clark Hill, which is a local uh, attorney's firm. Um, they specialize in immigration law. Um, at the city, we have approximately 10 visas that are being sponsored right now. Uh, they range anywhere from what's called uh, H-1B, which can be a country of origin from anywhere around the world. It's a working visa. Uh, we also sponsor TN visas, which generally come from Canada, but they can also come from Mexico through the North American Trade Association. And then we also sponsor for our interns J1 and F1 visas uh, for people to get practicum training at the city. This uh, has been very critical um, uh, as far as hiring people in for the Department of Public Works, Civil Engineering, which we've had a uh, uh, historically a very difficult time finding these people through uh, advanced marketing and searches through uh, Society for Engineering and so forth, but we have been able to tap into uh, engineers and sponsored some uh, H-1 visas for that. Uh, approximately half of our people are in uh, the engineering program and civil engineers. Thank you. And are they working for a particular department within the city or, or various positions? Or, I'm sorry, various departments? The, the engineers that I'm speaking to uh, work for the Department of Public Works. Thank you. Uh, Member Calloway? Yes. Um, thank you, Madam Chair. I'd like a more detailed report um, before I'm willing to even make a motion to move this to formal session with a motion to either deny or approve. I'm just not getting the kind of answers that I am comfortable with. Um, this is an increase, and I don't know why we can't um, rebid this contract so another law firm um, who has um, experience with immigration law can have an opportunity to serve this, um, serve this, uh, this community. So I'm not comfortable with moving this contract forward. I still don't have enough answers to the question. This is a um, $50,000 increase with $5,000 per scholarship. So if it's a fifth and 80,000 total, so I'm just not seeing the numbers. Their numbers are not, not making sense for me. Okay. And I don't want to amend this contract, which means we're, we have to go with Clark Hill again. I'd like for us to give other law firms an opportunity to bid on this type of contract. So um, member, um, 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 Chairwoman Johnson, I'm not comfortable with um, moving this contract forward until I have more detailed answers. 
Um, I hear the number of um, visas verbally, but I like to see something in writing. Then I also ask, you know, where, because um, I know when we were on um, with HR last week, I said they said that these were refugees from Afghan. If I'm not if I'm not mistaken, now you're saying that these they're not from Afghan, or am I getting it wrong? Because that's what I thought from last week, or am I? Respectfully, through the chair, maybe I can answer a couple of those questions. Uh, they have been utilized with, I think, one question with Afghan refugees as far as I-9 forms being able to fill out. Immigration uh, law is a very technical area of, um, that requires uh, some expertise that the law department has decided that they don't have in-house. I don't want to speak for the law department, but I believe that um, this has been uh, this contract has been going on for about a year and a half now. Uh, they are, they already had a contract through Clark Hill. Uh, this is just to augment that contract. It seemed the easiest way to um, to address uh, immigration questions that we had at the city and be able to get the expertise that we needed and just add on to an existing contract. The idea to uh, bid it could be certainly something that uh, the law department would um, have an obligation to do in the future, but this was um, something that we had already that uh, existed. Um, Madam Chair. Um, mm -hmm. Depending upon if that was to be expanded or not, I think that that would be a really good option to send it out for bid. Um, if anything, I see it either being consistent with about 80000 per year or even decreasing uh, since we filled a lot of these positions. It's not something that we would uh, um, go to right away. It's something that's kind of an anomaly. It's fairly new with the city, and um, it uh, just needs to be there as a lifeline. Yes. Um, thank you, sir. But um, we can put something in writing for you as well. Yeah, so Madam Chair, if we can, um, I'd like to make a motion to bring this back in a week. I still have um, other questions because when I was here last, when we were here last week, I thought it was just dealing with the refugees from um, Afghan, and now you're saying that it has to do with um, engineers and DPW and other visas. That's not what I understood this to, you know, um, encompass. And and when I'm looking at the TETA report, it's saying that each scholarship is five thousand dollars. What are we getting for $5,000? I just need a detailed report. And I don't know if that would come from you. I think that would come from law. So, um, you know, I know we have the law department here. So I'll make sure that um, you get my question, sir. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you. And um, let me just say very quickly, um, I do believe there was some different information that was shared with us. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, previously about this particular contract. I do recall seeing in the past a contract for um, to support immigrants with visas for individuals that worked in the Department of Public Works, but that has never been shared with us for this particular contract. So um, I'm really interested in um, the misinformation that was received last week and glad that we held this to be able to have this conversation, but it would be nice to get the accurate information um, initially when this information is provided to us for us to make good decisions uh, moving forward. Uh, Attorney Anderson, is there anything you were about to add? I was just going through the chair. 
I was just going to say, if you could submit those questions in writing, and I'll be happy to, to work with uh, my brother department here to clear up uh, any misconceptions, uh, and we'll get things together for uh, the council. Yes, and that would be great. You've been wonderful. You're so responsive, and um, I'm glad you're part of the law department. You've been about one of the most responsive um, liaison to, in my opinion, you've been amazing, so I appreciate all of your good work. And I know that this is like your third week in this <laughs> oh, position, yes. right? Something like yes. that? And I appreciate your responsiveness, sir. You've been amazing, and thank you. And thank you, sir, as well. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you, Councilmember Callaway. It means a lot. Thank you. Thank you all. Um, there is, is there a motion to bring line item 9.1 back in one week? Motion. Hearing no objection, that action shall be taken. Thank you. Line item 9.2. Submitting resolution authorization for the approval of payment of contingency fee to Hidden Assets LLC. Is there a motion to discuss? Motion. Thank you. Um, yes, Mr. King. Madam Chair, good morning. Edward King, LPD. Uh, this item here, as you know, it, it's a resolution that's accompanied by a privileged and conf confidential communication. Um, we, we think that, there, that this matter merits further discussion, and perhaps this item should be brought back at a time to be determined. Thank you. There's a request to bring line item 9.2 back at a date to be determined. Is there a motion? Motion. There's a motion to bring line item 9.2 back at a date to be determined. Hearing no objection, that action shall be taken. Line item 9.3, Council President Mary Sheffield submitting memorandum requesting the Legislative Policy Division to provide an updated list of all city board and committee members. Is there a motion to discuss? Motion. Mr. King. Madam Chair, uh, can this item be brought back in, in one week? However, the report is uh, almost complete, and I expect it to be submitted by the end of the week. Okay, thank you. There's a request to bring line item 9.3 back in one week. Is there a motion? Motion. There's a motion to bring line item 9.3 back in one week. Hearing no objection, that action shall be taken. Moving on to new business, line item 10.1. Contract number 6004918, ARPA funding, right to counsel to provide legal counsel for qualified low-income occupants in residential eviction cases in the 36th District Court and in housing-related administrative proceedings. Is there a motion to discuss? Motion, Madam Chair. Thank you. Good morning, Corporation Counsel Mallet. Good morning. How are you, sir? Doing fine, Madam Chairperson. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Good. Uh, so you'd like to talk to us about right to counsel? You know, actually, I think we've discussed this uh, uh, in a rather exhaustive fashion. If there are still uh, remaining questions that this honorable body has, I'd be glad to uh, field them. Uh, we're really, I think, 
excited uh, about the possibility of really having the the kind of city funded uh, through opera dollars admittedly uh, this particular uh, service uh, to the people of the city of Detroit I think it was mentioned by uh, uh, Ms. Peoples Myers yesterday that based on her projections uh, there'll be about 27,000 uh, eviction filings this year. Uh, this is important work and uh, I really want to, Madam Chairperson, call out uh, a colleague of mine uh, that you all are very familiar with, uh, Miriam Blank Smart. She had an idea in working with the court that might uh, 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 allow us to have greater compliance with the rental housing ordinances that this body has passed. We're not ready to present that as a part of the service that we would be providing those persons facing eviction, uh, but that will be coming, Madam Chairperson, very shortly. The other thing that I would add is, is that the council president in conversations with the mayor, and I think uh, Councilperson Calloway was present Monday night when the mayor presented, the mayor indicated publicly that he was in favor of increasing uh, the funding for RTC. Uh, you all know that we do not have an administrative structure around RTC except for the executive director uh, of the Office of Eviction Defense, April Faith Shaker, uh, and the program made, uh, uh, manager, uh, Dylan Adrian. However, the referral process, the uh, possibility of publishing a phone number that persons who are facing eviction actually could be able to call is something that as soon as this contract, Madam Chairperson, is approved, we will be working with uh, the, the lead provider, UCHC, uh, to come back uh, to this uh, honorable body with a plan to really engage the public systematically on the delivery of these services. So I really do think that we've uh, got a tremendous opportunity. I think this is really going to be uh, a high quality service delivery opportunity uh, and we're anxious to begin the work. Thank you and I know that um, there are so many people that need the assistance. Um, so we know that budget season is coming up. Yes ma'am. Uh, and I was on Zoom for the mayor's uh, meeting on Monday and did hear his commitment and his interest in supporting right to counsel. And so hopefully as we move forward, we'll see some additional financial support going to right to counsel. Um, I'm not sure if we have identified like how many people we anticipate being able to service with the dollars that we currently have um, going to UCHC. So uh, the contract, uh, uh, Madam Chairperson, uh, basically is going to allow us for 2023, 2024, and 2025 uh, to service about 2,500 persons each of those years. And then you add in uh, the philanthropic support of the Gilbert Family Foundation. Uh, I think that you can expect that we will be able to provide service uh, to about 7,000 people a year. 
All right, thank you. Um, I, I've been following and watching the work of United Community Housing Coalition for at least a decade now and know very well of the work that they do and the quality of work that they do uh, in supporting individuals dealing with housing challenges. Um, so I'm glad that we are moving forward with this contract. I just want to make sure that we do not diminish the capacity of these organizations because we provide, we ask for them to support so many different programs. Uh, and so if there's a way to make sure that they are continuing to build capacity, I think that's ex extremely important to make sure that we're able to provide the assistance to residents when they need it. So just food for thought, because I know, you know, there are times when um, we see an organization that does exceptional work and we continue to add on and add on to them. And I'm just not so certain that, and I'm not talking about specifically United Community Housing Coalition, but that we just have to be mindful of their capacity um, because what's most important is making sure that the residents receive the services that they need or that the, the services um, when they need it. Yes, ma'am. So, Madam Chair, I just, want to, I just want to point out that UCHC will also uh, be going out to bid as soon as this contract is approved uh, uh, by City Council, and they will be uh, hiring at least two, if not three other legal services entities uh, uh, to back them up in this okay. process. So they will, we, we do not anticipate that they will be alone uh, in the service delivery process. Very good. Thank you. Member Calloway, any questions, concerns? Um, thank you, Madam Chair, and thank you, Mr. Mallet, for being here this morning. I'm hoping that one of those um, sub-vendors will be Neighborhood Legal Services. They've been around for a lot of years. They've done a lot of good work in the city, and I'm hoping um, for the record that Neighborhood Legal Services um, under the direction of Attorney Aaron Hobson will be considered to be one of those vendors. You said that you, we're expecting 27,000 um, evictions this year alone? Yes, ma'am. We're only going to service 7,000 of those 27,000? That's our current capacity. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to us, uh, sir, increasing our capacity because I'd like for us to hit all 27,000 of those um, facing eviction. I drove past a resident yesterday across from Pastor Elementary, and I just stood out there. I wish I could help her, but I couldn't. She was being evicted, and that's happening quite a bit in District 2. Um, and um, it's not a whole lot I can do, but I know that we've hired quite a few attorneys, um, and I don't know if they're actually making appearances because people are still getting evicted. Um, Attorney Myers Phillips yesterday said, to her knowledge, there are 70 people being evicted every single day. But we got all these attorneys. Um, we just, you know, renewed some contracts for seven of them. So I'd like to know, you know, Mr. Malley, are they actually going to court? Because yes, they're supposed to be invoicing us. And I've been asking to see, you know, maybe I'll go down to 36th District Court and take a look myself because if these people are still being evicted, who are our attorneys representing? So, uh, Councilperson, remember, uh, under the current structure, uh, persons who receive an eviction notice go down to court, mm -hmm. and, and every day, Monday through Friday, uh, landlord ten the landlord-tenant courtrooms are covered by attorneys. So uh, if, um, uh, if, if hypothetically Mrs. Smith goes, she meets her attorney, the attorney is going to request an adjournment that day, there is then going to be scheduled on an actual hearing for Mrs. Smith on her matter, and the legal representation process begins. 
ultimately, uh, part of the reason I think uh, that Council President Sheffield has been rather insistent about having a phone number is that some of the persons who receive the eviction notice uh, perhaps are not capable at the time that they get it of actually going to court or meeting the court dates as required. Uh, hopefully, uh, the introduction of a public-facing office and a phone number that people can call will enhance the ability of the potential client to connect with an attorney. Uh, and I, I will say this, uh, uh, Council President Callaway, this, is gonna, this work is going to be harder because remember, up until now, we've had the SARA program, and largely what we've been able to do is keep people in their homes because we've been able to pay their back rent. Uh, this program uh, does not anticipate, does not, not going to have that capacity. So this is going to require some very, very diligent lawyering. Uh, and and it's, 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 it, these are going to be, I think, very hard fought uh, cases. It's not, it, this is not going to be the quick settlement uh, that I think some of us have become used to. Uh, this is going to be a much more difficult uh, process. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you, Mr. Mallard. Thank you. And I also think it's important for us to make sure that we continue to share the support from pro bono um, legal organizations that provide the assistance, recognizing that we won't be able to service all of the individuals that are facing eviction. But I also think this will be a, an extremely important discussion and conversation that we have um, within the next month and a half. Uh, during budget season. So, Attorney Mallet, thank you so much for joining us. We certainly do appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Member Callaway, is there a motion on line item 10.1? Uh, motion. There's a motion to approve line item 10.1. Hearing no objection, that action shall be taken. With out objection, I'd like to combine line items Ten point four Okay, I'm going to combine without objection line items ten point two and ten point four. These are two lawsuit my apologies. I'd without objection I'd like to combine line items ten point two, ten point four, and ten point five. These are various lawsuit settlement requests for incidents relative to the Department of Transportation. Again, that's line items 10.2, 10.4, 10 and 10.5. Is there a motion to approve or discuss? Motion to approve, Madam Chair. There's a motion to approve line items 10.2, 10.4, and 10.5. Hearing no objection, 
that action shall be taken. Line items 10.2, 10.4, and 10.5 shall be sent to formal with a recommendation to approve. Line item 10.3 is a request for a settlement and lawsuit of Deborah Metris Shamoon, Mukulis Shamoon, Carl Veris, Paul Metris, Julia Metris versus City of Detroit, case number 18-13683. An incident involving the police department the settlement request is for $25,000. Is there a motion to approve or discuss? Motion to approve, Madam Chair. There's a motion to approve line item 10.3. Hearing no objection, that action shall be taken. Line item 10.3 shall be sent to formal with a recommendation to approve. Line item 10.6. A settlement re request in lawsuit of John Marks versus City of Detroit, Jeshwan Zamey, et al., case number 21-10862 in the amount of $50,000. And this is a situation involving the police department. Is there a motion to approve or discuss? Um, Madam Chair. Member Calloway. Thank you so much. I have quite a few questions um, regarding line items um, 10.6, uh, settlement in the lawsuit of John Marks. So I motion to bring this back in two weeks, Madam Chair. There is a motion to bring line item 10.6 back in two weeks. Hearing no objection that action shall be taken. Line item 10.6 shall be brought back in two weeks. Through the chair. Attorney Anderson. Uh, Attorney Anderson, um, I've already discussed briefly with your team, uh, Council Member Calloway, this matter. Uh, just send me those questions uh, in writing and I'll make sure to submit it to uh, the attorneys who are handling this in litigation. Thank you. Line item 10.7 is a Settlement request and lawsuit of Michigan Pain Management LLC versus City of Detroit, case number 21 010417 NI, the Department of Transportation, in the amount of $3,750. Is there a motion to approve or discuss? Motion to approve, Madam Chair. There's a motion to approve line item 10.7. Hearing no objection that action shall be taken. Line item 10.7 shall be sent to formal with a recommendation to approve. Line item 10.8, this is a first for me, so you all bear with me. Uh, submitting report and proposed ordinance to amend chapter 35 of the 2019 Detroit City Code, personnel article two, employment division two, hours of work and methods of payment by amending section 35-2-34 holidays to add Indigenous Peoples Day to the city's observed holidays. Is there a motion to discuss? Motion to discuss, Madam Chair. Thank you. Is there anyone present who can speak to the addition of Indigenous Peoples Day as a paid holiday and how that impacts uh, the day after Thanksgiving? 
Good morning, Mr. Washington. Good morning, Madam Chair. Um, I would defer to the law department. Thank you, Attorney Anderson. Graham and or through the chair, Graham Anderson, law department. Um, I'm not familiar with this subject matter. Um, but if we could get something in writing submitted, I could talk to the legal team and we can get you guys a response for this. Thank you. One week is sufficient? I believe so. Okay, thank you. Member Calloway. Um, Madam Chair, um, motion to bring it back in a week. Thank you. Hearing no objection, that action shall be taken. Line item 10.8 shall be brought back in one week. Moving on to line item 10.9, submitting report relative to law department quarterly risk management report pursuant to section 17-9-9 appropriations quarterly reports of the 2019 Detroit City Code. Is there a motion to receive and file or to discuss? Motion to receive and file, Madam Chair. There is a motion to receive and file line item 10.9. Hearing no objection that action shall be taken. Line item 10.10, submitting resolution authorization for request to accept the Detroit Street View Enhancements Project Grant. Is there a motion to approve or discuss? Motion to discuss, Madam Chair. Discussion, Member Calloway. Is there anyone here who can give us a little bit more information about this project? I know it's grant funded, so I, I know it's not costing the city anything yet, but um, through the chair to Mr. Washington, is someone from the organization yeah. here to discuss this? Yes, um, through the chair, we have Mike Homot as well as Tamara Font online. Thank you, Mr. Homot and Tamara Font. Good morning. If you can please introduce yourself for the record. Good morning through the chair. Mike Holmont, do it leadership. Through the chair, uh, Tamara Fant, Enterprise Applications Manager within Do It. Thank you. Member Calloway? Yes. Um, good morning and thank you all for being here. What is this grant covering? What is the project about? Great. Um, through the chair. Very excited to talk about this. This is one of the more exciting projects DOIT's been working on since 2017. We received an innovation grant back then to purchase a van with a high-resolution LIDAR and um, 360-degree camera, and we're driving the city of Detroit streets um, with the goal of driving them one and a half to two times a year, documenting every street, every structure, um, and then using that information, putting it available on our public portal. Um, so it's available for residents, developers, um, city departments are using it. A number of departments have stopped paying in the, in one of the first years there, there were over $300,000 worth of savings from other departments, not using, not paying third parties for this information. So we're mapping the city. We're, we're using it to teach it AI as far as identifying and creating the city's ever first inclusive map of all street signs 
because a lot some of the steins aren't owned by the city they're owned by the state or the county um it's been trained to identify fire hydrants there's a it's just a really exciting product project um that that's bringing a lot of value to the citizens and um the the city so we reached out our equipment's getting older um we want to the team did a great job working with grants and degc and attracted general motors to donate um equipment to give us a new uh, um, vehicle and a new camera with upgraded technology um so that's uh, i was gonna let tamra talk a little more because but i'm so excited about the project i i, I talked a little more than i intended so with that uh, i'll turn it over to tamra yeah this is uh it is one of the really exciting um projects and it really brings a lot of value um to the city of detroit uh through this grant uh we're we want to expand into, um, you know, I, I, one of the things I always say is that, uh, you know, LIDAR technology is available. A lot of companies have it. A lot of, um, you know, they pay quite a bit of money for LIDAR. And I always said that I want the kid at Cast Tech to be able to innovate um, just like an engineer at MIT. And that's what we provide. Um, and with this upgrade, we're going to be able to, um, provide that information to that kid at Cast Tech who maybe couldn't afford to send out their own uh, van and grab all of that high tech um, information and allow them to become the engineers of the future. One important clarification for the chair is the data of any person's faces or license plates is removed before the data is stored or published. Um, we were approached early on by Detroit Police Department looking for information. Um, th that's not the end. This vehicle, we cannot turn it into a target um, and use it for, for reasons other than gathering this data to help the citizens and developers. Member Cowboy? Yeah, thank you. Um, I, I thought we just approved a contract um, not even a year ago to repair some vehicles similar to this because I think you said, Mr. Holmont, we had to repair some vehicles because we hadn't been using them. They go at a slow pace, and I think we were replacing some transmissions, if I'm not mistaken. Through the chair, yes. We, we had to replace the transmission last year in the vehicle. Um, the vehicle was, since it drives so slow, we've 19,000 miles at a real slow speed. It, it, the transmission went bad and it was offline for a number of months last year um, with parts shortages and things like that. We weren't intending on purchasing a new vehicle. Um, General Motors in their grant was very generous. We, we were asking for technology to upgrade the cameras and they want uh, to replace the, one of their competitors vehicles with, with a General Motors vehicle um, as part of the grant. Um. Mr. Holmont, how much, that was a large contract that we just approved to get the previous truck up and running because of transmission problems. So are we gonna use both trucks or we're we not gonna use the one that we just got repaired? And, and Madam Chair, Mr. Holmont, if you can send me the amount of that contract or maybe one of my staff members can pull that contract. We just approved a large contract to repair the other truck that you said was, you know, we weren't driving it fast enough or because we drive it so slow, it's wear and tear on the transmission. And then from my recollection, we, recollection, we just paid Toronto 
to do mapping services. And I think it's through your department. So we're spending a lot of money. I mean, do you remember that contract, Mr. Holmont? We just paid um, some company in Toronto to do mapping services. And I, I asked about that. I said, can't we do our own mapping? So what about that contract? Through the chair, um, there's two questions here. Yeah. One is the repair of the other van um, was not, it, it was um, significant dollars, but I believe it was less than $5,000 um, to repair the last the last van. We will get you the exact details. I think on it was that. more than 5000 I wouldn't remember. It, it may have been part. Mm -hmm. The actual Tamara was to, was closer with, with that one through the chair. Um, we'll get you the exact detail. We'll get you an invoice and a copy of everything that was was approved on the subject of the um, right of way information supplement from the Toronto company that DWSD had purchased $1.2 million worth of imagery over five years ago. Um, we were adding some information onto that that the street view van is not capable of doing. It's a um, right of way management information that, that we don't have access to. So we, we went and instead of bidding out and paying over a million dollars to gather that information, we had an amendment to the DWSD contract um, that was competitively bid, unfortunately awarded to a company out of Toronto um, for I believe it was about $60,000 um to get the information needed for the right of way information data yeah through the chair um and that was aerial um our uh detroit street view it's a van that drives so it's only um collecting what's at the ground level uh the ecopia which i believe uh, mike is talking about was an aerial um which provides um the surface so we can um, detect from the air. We don't have we don't have drones yet, um, but uh, yeah. Um, Madam Chair, thank you. Maybe we should invest in drones so we don't have to hire a company in Toronto to use drones to do aerial studies and mapping of our air over Detroit. So thank you, Madam Chair. Mr. Holman, I hope you will get me that information because I think that contract was a little more than $5,000. And um, I guess, Miss, is it Tamara? Tamara. Tamara, if you can get me that information on the company that um, you just described doing the um, aerial mapping from Toronto, because um, I want to see that contract again. And you seem to be real familiar with it. Um, thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you both. Thank you. Is there a motion on line item 10.10? Um, Madam Chair, pending the answers to my questions, um, if they can get the questions, the answers to my questions prior to um, next week, before next Tuesday, um, I don't have a reason to bring it back in a week, but I would like the answers to my questions sooner than later, Madam Chair. Thank you, Member Calloway. So is there a motion to move line item 10.10 to formal with a recommendation to approve pending receipt of the items requested thank you madam chair yes motion there's a motion to send line item 10.10 .10 to formal with a recommendation to approve pending um, answers to the requested information hearing no objection that action shall be taken line item 10.10 .10 shall be sent to formal with a recommendation to approve pending uh, answers to Member Calloway's questions. Thank you, Madam Chair. 
Thank you. Mm -hmm. Line item 10.11, submitting report related to appointment to the Historic Designation Advisory Board. Is there a motion to receive and file? Motion. There's a motion to receive and file line item 10.11. Here, no objection. That action shall be taken. And we will follow up with colleagues regarding line item 10.11 and any appointments made by this honorable body. Moving on to line item 10.12, Council Member Coleman A. Young submitting memorandum relative to recommendation for appointment of Anita Bell, JD, to the Reparations Task Force. Is there a motion to bring line item 10.12 back in one week? Ms. Bell's interview is scheduled for next week. Motion. There's a motion to bring line item 10.12 back in one week. Hearing no objection, that action shall be taken. We are now moving into member reports. Member Calloway? No report, Madam Chair. Thank you. And I just want to remind everyone in District 4 that on February 25th, we are hosting an expungement fair in District 4 at the Martin Evers Baptist Church, located at 11111 Whittier. That is Saturday, February 25th from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. I hope everyone will help spread the word so that we can provide support and services to our residents. Um, and help them to lead productive lives and make sure that they don't have anything hindering them. Uh, that is the only report that I have. If there is nothing else to come before this body, we shall stand adjourned.